Welcome to another episode of Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. On today's episode of Navigation and Discovery, we have a special guest, Christy Wright. I had the opportunity to meet Christy Wright. Um, she was a recent speaker at the National Business Aviation Association uh, Leadership Conference, and I had the chance to meet her and uh, interview her in person. And so, to tell you a little bit about Christy Wright, if you haven't heard of her, uh, Christy Wright, uh, she used to be with uh, Ramsey Solutions. Um, she is the author of several books. Um, some of them are Business Boutique, Take Back Your Time, and Living True. Uh, she is a certified business coach, a great dynamic speaker, and a personal development expert. Um, Christy Wright, she was with 12 years with Ramsey Solutions, and uh, before she recently took a leap of faith to follow God's call to do something new. Uh, Christy Wright has been also featured on the Today Show, Fox News, and in Success Entrepreneur and Women's Day magazines. Uh, so when she's running around on stage or running after her kids, uh, challenging leaders or changing diapers, Christy lives out her faith and loves to help others to do the same. Uh, Christy resides in Nashville, Tennessee with her husband, Matt, and their three children, Carter, Conley, and Mary Grace. So on this episode with Christy, we talk about her book and her speaking topic, which was uh, Take Back Your Time. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast uh, with Christy Wright. Well, hi, we're here with Christy Wright. Uh, she recently uh, came out with her book, Take Back Your Time. And so thank you, Christy, for being part of the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. And so... Um, so just to give you some perspective, we're sitting here in North Charlotte, North Carolina, here for the MBAA Leadership Conference, and you'll be speaking about this topic tomorrow, yeah. uh, Take Back Your Time. And so with this book, you know, it's, it's a message that definitely resonates with me. And um, what was your heart behind the book, and why did you choose to, to kind of write about this, this topic? Well, my favorite part of the book is the subtitle, The Guilt-Free Guide to Life Balance. And the reason I put that in the subtitle on the cover is because that's the number one question I'm asked. It's the number one question I've been asked for over 10 years in coaching business leaders and training people in um, all different stages of business and types of business. It doesn't matter if it's male or female. This is something everyone struggles with, mm -hmm. even though the struggle may look different. And so, I, you know, like a lot of leaders and, and marketers, I pay attention to what is my audience saying? What are they asking about? And, yeah. and then when I had my own children, three kids and like four and a half years, I felt that strain in a whole new level. And so I just feel like it's one of those things that we love to hate it. We love to talk about it. No one mm -hmm. can figure it out, but it constantly nags at us. And I thought, you know what? Okay. This is a space that is weighed down by guilt. I want to come into it, redefine it, and shine some hope. Give people some hope in the space that is actually achievable. It's not these unrealistic standards, and I think that's really important. And so, you know, one of the things we hear about is is work-life balance. And you start off the book by talking about balance, and you actually talk about redefining that balance. So how does one achieve balance, and is that achievable for some well, this is what we're talking about tomorrow. I think we I think we talk about this subject wrong. So we use these examples of how do you balance it all, and balance is always a verb. And we have all these analogies of spinning plates and juggling balls, and that just sounds stressful and yeah. not realistic and not fun. And there's a lot of risk involved. What if you drop one, and how, what if the plates break, and all that. And so what I really try to set out in my book is a path that is very not only realistic and achievable, but it's one of those things where we're going to take the word and look at it differently. So instead of looking at balance as something that you do, how you balance it all, 
or this perfect equilibrium of we have work-life balance and it's this even scale or the pie is perfectly split between all these areas of our life. Instead, what if you tried to become balanced? Meaning you could feel balanced yeah. in an out-of-balance world. You could feel balanced in a busy life. And I, I set out to really do that in the book where it gives you permission to not do everything all the time and instead focus on what's right right now. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that when you do the right things at the right time, when you do what's right right now for you and that changes all the time, you feel that sense of balance because you actually are doing what's right instead of feeling the pressure to do everything. Mm -hmm. We can't do everything. So instead, let's identify what's right, focus on that, be present for it, and then you can shake the guilt for all the things that are not right right now. And, you know, I think a, a lot of folks, especially more so in the aviation industry, who you're speaking to tomorrow, is they're often juggling a lot. Mm-hmm. They, they're juggling family, mm-hmm. um, the job, the, and some of these jobs in the aviation industry, you're 24-7. Mm-hmm. Your phone never stops. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and the next thing that you talk in your book is deciding what matters. Mm-hmm. So how do we decide what matters and where should we focus our time on? Because oftentimes... You know, when we go on our daily days, you know, there's things that pop up mm-hmm. and we give that attention right. and that attention might not be where we should be giving our attention mm-hmm. and, and we have to decide and focus on what matters. So how do we do that? Yeah, well, I think you need to understand the season that you're in and that's really important because our priorities are not a set it and forget it thing. It's not like these are my priorities in life and they're the same forever. Nothing mm-hmm. changed. They changed depending on your season. Who I was as a uh, young woman that wasn't married is very different than my priorities when I'm married, very different from when I have a newborn, very different from mm-hmm. me and during a book launch season and that type of thing. And so I think when you give yourself permission to be present in your season and say, what's going on right now? What are my priorities right now based on what I'm going through and what's happening in my world, my main buckets of life from faith, family, fitness, all these different main areas, your work, your business and so on. Then it gives you permission to focus on a few things and let the other things go. And mm-hmm. and sometimes we get real squirmy about this. Like mm-hmm. we think like it's God, others, self in that order. That is fine in the worst case scenario. Like if push comes to shove, God comes first and then family and then work. But day to day, day to day, you're going to your job. Mm-hmm. So your job is coming first. So we yeah. need to be realistic about practically and tactically how we manage our time. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. During book launch season, my book came before my kids. I love my kids. I'm a good mom. Doesn't mean I I did not see them. I saw them. But if they're like, will you braid my hair or can I be on the Today Show? I'm going to be on the Today Show because that's more important than braiding hair in this season. And then in another season, I'm turning down work stuff so I can be with my kids. So we have to get out of this, out of the clouds of like this idyllic, be a good person priorities. And instead, what are real priorities? And guess what? They change per season. And so it gives you permission to do that. It gives you permission to focus on what's right right now. And let go of the things that are not right right now. But to your point, people that are on 24-7, their version of balance is going to look different than someone who's not. Right. And so they need to decide what's important in this season and what does their version of balance look like. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I feel like a lot of leaders and just people in general, they often, it's hard to say no. And mm-hmm. it's always so easy. Oh, yes, I can commit to this. Yeah. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I can yeah. do this. I know I'm in, I myself am in a season right now where I'm saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And right now as I sit here, I am so overloaded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot on my plate. Mm-hmm. And so how do we how do we get that courage to say no? Because sometimes no could mean you're missing out on an opportunity. Yeah. Well, I think it's an interesting combination of hero complex. This is for me. Hero mm-hmm. complex. A lot of leaders have this. It's like we love to be the hero. We love to be needed. We love to save the day. And um, so we've got a little bit of that going on. There's also some insecurity of like, 
uh, that I'm going to miss out. It's FOMO or what if I don't get asked again? Or what if this is my one shot or I'm leaving money on the table? And the reality is that is very scarcity mindset thinking. Mm -hmm. It's not the one shot most likely. I mean, you can discern if you really do need to say yes. But if you feel like you need to say yes to everything, Mm -hmm. then your whole filter is off because you don't need to say yes to everything. And you're not the hero. The world, believe it or not, will go on without you. Mm -hmm. It will go on without me. And so I think that we have this idea that it takes unbelievable confidence and courage to stand up and speak up and fight and work hard and Mm -hmm. come early and stay late. It takes more courage to stop. Mm -hmm. It takes more courage to walk out the door at five Mm o'clock. It takes more courage to say, no, I'm going to be with my family this weekend. That's what takes nerve and backbone. And if we could realize that we're actually not being the hero by doing all the things, you can be more confident by actually saying no and setting those boundaries. Mm -hmm. And another topic I wanted to touch on is being present Mm -hmm. because being present is, you'll notice in the room tomorrow, the phones, the phones will be out, the laptops will be out. And I think it's the the way the world is today. Mm -hmm. It's just so hard to be just present in the moment and present for, especially when things matter. Once Uh you've decided what matters Uh and you're in that space where it matters, Mm -hmm. it's so hard to be present. Mm -hmm. How, how do we become present in, in what we determine what matters in in our lives? It's a choice. I mean, it's a choice. Like you can choose what you focus on in the room. You can choose to open your laptop or you can choose to close it. It's Mm -hmm. a choice. That laptop did not open itself. Believe it or not, that phone did not hop in your hands. You with your mind and your hand picked it up. And so, yes, a lot of it is habitual that we have to break the habits Mm because some of it is just unconscious checking and clicking and scrolling. It's unconscious. We do have to break the habit, Mm -hmm. but we have to realize that we're not victims. This is not like, oh, this is just the way the world works. No, we have a choice. Yeah. Is it harder to swim a current? It is. It's hard to stand in the elevator and not pull your phone out where you just look at people and go, hi, how you doing? Right. Like look people in the eyes like a weirdo and just actually meet someone. You know, right. it's like you, you, it takes more effort to do that. But I think what's amazing is when you get in the habit where you allow yourself and train yourself to be present, you actually get to experience your life. You did not realize how disconnected you were mm-hmm. from your life for years of just your mind is one place and your body is another. When you bring your mind back to where your body is, mm-hmm. you notice sights and sounds and textures and and people and sunsets and your spouse and your child giggling and you notice this whole world that you were missing before and so i think the benefit far outweighs the cost of giving up that device but it does take training and it takes making the choice Mm, that's good and you you touched on this a little bit is uh, creating balance in every season Mm -hmm. you mentioned like that example with your book launch Mm -hmm. you know prioritizing the today show Mm -hmm. over over your kids which which is perfect for yeah. for that season yeah. but sometimes that could be difficult to do yeah um so how do we um create that balance in the different seasons and how do we identify we're in a different season or how do we know you know it's you know the first instinct is not to uh is to go and hang out with the kids and not do the today mm-hmm. show which probably would never do but um how do we how do we create that balance in every season that's a great question so i'll tell you the rhythm of my life but people probably know the rhythm of their life like what's the seasonality of their life whether it's their business their job their kids school whatever for me typically my husband and i will sit down in january and look at the first half of the year the kind of the first quarter first Mm -hmm. few five six months we look at the summer separately because our kids are out of school so that's a whole different ball game And then we look at the fall. And so we kind of treat it in three different seasons. 
that's the way that our calendar works with our kids' calendar. And even with my business, it's got a big spring, it's got a big fall, but then summer slower yeah. with events and speaking and that type of stuff. But what's interesting is you also need to reassess, even if you get on this rhythm and say twice a year, January and August, we're going to do this as a family or, or summer as well. Even if you do that, anytime something major happens, you need to reassess. So let's say that it's the middle of March and you're going through your priorities and some something tragic happens. You get a cancer diagnosis or some, your, your mom is fell and you've got to go up to Michigan and stay with her. Well, you go back to the drawing board. Okay, what does this mean now? Right. What falls off the schedule now? Because now we have a new priority. Mm -hmm. And so I think that where a lot of the guilt and anxiety comes in is those life things happen. Something happens at work. You, um, your, your mom falls, something major, and we never reassess. We just keep yeah. the pressure on us to keep performing at the level we were before that thing happened. Mm -hmm. But that thing is a major thing that's now taking time and energy, right. and it needs to be considered and moved to the top of the priority list. Mm -hmm. So that means that other things are going to fall because our time is finite. Yeah. So you've got to choose what to let go. Yeah, that's so true. You make a good point because I never thought of it in that perspective is like, let's say my mom gets sick and in the hospital, that's just another thing added to, uh -huh. the, to the plate. Right. And then what your instinct is is not to remove no, anything else no. and just continue that's right. That's right. continue the pressure that's right and eventually that leads to you just burn out that's right I, I mean i think of like when i was pregnant i just thought i would I, I thought i would still work out all the time i thought my house would still be clean all the time and then when it wasn't i just beat myself up mm -hmm. versus considering you're growing a life inside of your body like you're tired and no you don't have the energy to clean and work out like you used to and so yeah. it's just it's an invitation for grace to come in it's an invitation for people to be present in their season and actually enjoy it and just stop running so stinking hard. I'm not against high performers. I, I am one, yeah. but I, I, this is something I've had to learn myself of piling on the pressure to the point of exhaustion, burnout, and where you're really not enjoying your life. I want to help mm -hmm. people enjoy your life. Yeah, work hard, yeah. but also enjoy your life in the season you're in. Mm -hmm. And then with, with time, I feel like that we're always talking about time management, but I've, I heard this from someone else about learning how to manage your energy. Mm -hmm. What's your take on that? How do we manage our energy when it comes to time? Oh, I think that's such a good point because I think we often don't realize how there are activities that give us energy and activities that drain our energy. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be on stage speaking tomorrow for an hour. I've spoken at Business Boutique, my event in the past with Ramsey for days. I mean, like I'm talking like 16 yeah. and 17 hour days. And I would end that, I would be tired, but mm -hmm. I was energized. Like I would go to dinner with my husband and be like, oh my gosh, you won't believe what happened. And I'll talk for hundred miles an hour. <laughs> You asked me to do a spreadsheet. <laughs> I mean, like you asked me to do some kind of details of spreadsheets, numbers, data. I got five minutes before I need a nap. Like it absolutely zaps me because my brain doesn't work that way. And so when we understand the activities that give us energy and those that don't, minimize those that don't, those that drain your energy or get help or outsource or delegate and stay in those lanes that give you energy and then you can get more done and have more fun. So I think that's a really good way to look at it as well. Awesome. And, you know, f faith continues to be a part of your journey mm -hmm. and my journey as well. And sometimes it can be, there's times when it's just put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know that's very resonant of, of me and when it comes to managing our time. So, you know, for those listening and they believe in something mm -hmm. in faith and spirituality and it's a part of their life, mm -hmm. but how can one make it a truly, make faith truly a priority and a focal point in that everything that, that you do. Because it, it, it can be challenging. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I think there's two, two pieces to this. On the one hand, 
I look at faith as just being integrated into everything I do. Mm-hmm. So I'll be in the parking lot. This is going to be silly, but I'll be in the parking lot and be like, Lord, help me find a parking spot. Like I will talk yeah. to God about anything. There's nothing off limits. And so to me, I don't just meet with God in church. I'm just conversing with him all day, every day, all yeah. the time. So I think you can invite God into all these other things of your life versus treating faith like an ornament. And it's mm-hmm. a segment of your life. What would it look like to invite your faith into that health diagnosis, into your business, into your strategy meetings, into my gosh, I'm having trouble parenting my kids. God help me with this. So I think that it can be integrated into everything and it can become more of a foundation that everything else flows from Mm -hmm. rather than an ornament and a segment or a piece Mm -hmm. of the pie. But another thing to look at when you think about this, a lot of times there's a disconnect between what we say we care about and what we actually do. So we say, oh, God is first, and then we haven't been to church in seven years. Okay, cool. Um, There are things that you can do to change your default. So let's say, for example, your default is that you don't go to church, but you Mm -hmm. might go on Easter or Christmas. You can change your default where we go to church every Sunday unless someone is sick or we're out of town. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband and I just recently did this with food. We'd gotten into, oh, my gosh, we'd gotten into such bad habits last year of just eating bad, like eating so bad. Yeah. And that was our default. Our default was bad food, and every now and then we'd get a salad. So we just decided to change our default. Our default is good food and water and no sweets. And then every now and then the weekend we'll splurge and have something good. Yeah. So when you change your default assumption of what you do, what you eat, where you go, where you pray, and so on, it can help you change those habits that are so ingrained in you that you don't even realize. Mm. That's, that's a very good perspective. Um you know, but but as we close this this podcast, and you know, thank you for yeah. for being a part of this podcast and accepting the invitation. Sure. For me, it means a lot, sure. and uh, to hear you speak on on stages before, so it's a it's a really big yeah, big thanks. deal. Happy for to me. do it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. How can people connect with the work that you're doing, and and uh, what is it that you're doing? Uh, today. Yeah. So I left Ramsey a little over a year ago and God called me to leave and now I'm training speakers. And so I feel like God's taken this 12 years of speaking on huge stages to equip people to speak. And it doesn't have to be on big stages, but I'm Mm -hmm. just noticing that we have more people than ever before that have podcasts, that have books, that speak on stages, that are coaches, teachers, trainers, and they don't know how to craft messages. And Mm -hmm. I just think that their ideas are too important not to get across. And the reality is that what you learned in speech class in eighth grade doesn't work. That's not what we actually do up there. And so I'm helping people craft messages and gain confidence speaking in front of people, whether that's three people or 3,000, it doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, it's just been it's been fun to see God people calling people up to send them out to talk in their different spaces. But um, but it, you can find out about any of that at ChristyWright.com. But thank you for asking. Yeah, that's awesome because I believe, you know, this is something that I'm preaching uh, in my upcoming book as well. Is, yeah. You know, it's, it's not just about the message of your story but it's about other people's stories right. and helping their message get right out because you know everyone is unique in their own yeah. way and there are people out there that could learn from different messages yeah and different, different stories yeah yeah um so i do have a few fun questions okay, let's have uh, it. did you wait actually did you want to say anything else no, it's great. Okay. It's great. um what is it that you're reading today um, okay, so Discerning the Voice of God by Priscilla Shire okay. is a Bible study that I'm on like my third time through. I just keep going through it because I love it so much. Yeah. So it's really good, yeah. Okay, cool. And um, dead or alive, who would you like to have dinner with? Oh, so many good ones. Um, I don't know. Dolly Parton would be fun. Dolly Parton. Yeah, yeah. She's like, everybody loves Dolly. <laughs> I just love how like everybody loves her. Like, she's so like Canada. Like nobody doesn't love God, Dolly. And like in a world that's so polarized, I'm like, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That you can just like everybody likes you on each side, you know? <laughs> and uh, lastly, what is what is some advice that you, you would like to give to our listeners on 
what is it something that you've done throughout your journey so far mm-hmm. that you encourage others to do? Mm, that's a great, uh, great question. So I try to pull out lessons from things that I've done. So because I'm a teacher at heart. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've done consistently in my life is I say yes to opportunities before I know how to do it. Mm. And especially women sit around waiting till they know how they have a perfect plan. They have permission. They have all the credentials before they say yes mm-hmm. or walk through the door that opened from them. I walked through the door and figured out when I'm on the other side. And that has absolutely paved the way for me to figure out how to speak, to teach, to write, to do anything. And, and so I think that if, if we stop waiting to know how to do it, you'll learn how to do it while you're doing it. Like yeah. parenting, like business, like anything. So yeah. just say yes before you know how, mm-hmm. and you'll figure out how to do it. I promise. All right. Well, Christy, thank you so much yeah. for, for being on today's podcast. Thank you for ta- taking the time to talk about your book, take back your time. Um, and really appreciate all the insights that you've provided and look forward to your, um, your talk tomorrow at the MBAA Leadership Conference. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, wow. This was a really amazing interview and uh, Take Back Your Time. Uh, Christy Wright's book is, is such an amazing book and uh, really resonated with me at the time. And so really had a great time and hope you uh, valued this podcast and hopefully you were able to pull away some lessons that you can apply into your daily life. Um, if you want to connect with some of the stuff that Christy is doing today, uh, you can go to her website, christywright.com. She's doing a lot of stuff with coaching speakers and helping people uh, unpack their message. Um, and so I just wanted to touch on one more thing. If you haven't already got a copy of my new book, Navigation and Discovery, you can do so by going to my website, cameronsing.com. Again, it's CameronSing.com. You can get a copy of Navigation and Discovery. Um, Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. And uh, one week from today, we'll be launching the next episode. Thank you for your support. Feel free to uh, subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to. And also uh, give a review as well. Would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.